0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Contact Centre Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Mitchell, and I'm the Features Editor here at Call Centre Helper. In this episode, we'll be looking at the topic of resolving common contact centre problems with Joe Hale, a greatly experienced customer contact director. Jo is an expert in every area of the contact centre, having worked for some of the UK's biggest organisations, and she discusses many of her experiences in overcoming those key challenges that we all face in our conversation.
1: The resource planning team are so critical to the success of the centre as a whole. So I think it's really important that those teams explain to their agents why these things are important. You know, why do we have these shifts? You know, every leader that we have in our organisations are paid to produce results. But the only way that you can deliver results is through people. What's the role that the call centre plays within your organisation? Is it the heart and the center of what you do? Or actually, is it something that is just transactional and, and just needs to be well run?
2: This episode of the Contact Center podcast is sponsored by Genesis. Genesis is the global leader in omni-channel customer experience and contact center solutions. More than 11,000 companies in over 100 countries trust the Genesis Customer Experience platform to help them connect effortlessly with consumers across any channel, voice, text, web chat, and social. If you would like to see a demonstration of the Genesis Pure Cloud Contact Center platform, visit callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo.
0: Um, so are there any problems that contact centres now face, which maybe they wouldn't have five years ago or 10 years ago?
1: I think the major thing is it's a lot more complex than it used to be. So they're the same sort of problems, you know, the same fundamentals, which are cost, budgets, a bit about people, how do you keep them? And then there's also the bit of the minefield that becomes technology. So I think they're the same fundamental issues or, or opportunities, as you might call them, but i think the challenge is more there are so much complexity in how you fix them or can fix them uh, and i also think there's a there's so much wider opportunity to use technology for different things you know when i started a long time ago there wasn't many options apart from to remove staff by making the processes easier Now you have to do that, plus you have to uh, do something onto the web or link the the technology together. So there's far more complexity than there was five years ago. But I think the fundamentals are exactly the same of of challenges.
0: It's definitely changing a little bit, as you mentioned there, the integrations between the technologies and things are really starting to come to the fore. But one thing I particularly found quite interesting was the handling times and recent research that we've done are um, getting longer and longer which suggests that self-service is taking more and more of those kind of easy calls and making the advisor roll harder. Do you think this might become a problem for contact centres over time?
1: I think it really depends how they adjust to that. So the comp- And that's where the complexity starts to come in, isn't it? So hmm. if your handle times are longer, that would suggest that you are absolutely having to do more on the phone. But it could be as simple as the journey that you've put online or the self-serve opportunity that you've put in isn't quite working. So it's actually not resolving the challenges that customers having. So I think. The, the, the thing about the handle time that I read your um, recent survey, I think it's really important to understand why that is. And is it just down to the complexity that's coming into your centre as a result of the customer need because your journey isn't working correctly? So I think there's a bit of work to be done to unpick that handle time and what's driving it.
0: Mm, absolutely, I think that's a very key point and that the drivers will uh, vary from one organisation to another. To cover the next point that I wanted to cover was that due to another piece of call centre research, I like getting that in there, is that attaining uh, more budget is becoming uh, the biggest problem that contact centre managers face. Do you have any advice for asking for more resources for the contact centre?
1: My personal view is you have to come back a little bit from that. So, The first thing I think you need to understand is what type of business does your do you want for your call centre? So does your call centre got to be world class? What's the critical act of it? Because actually it could be that as a a business, you just don't have the money to spend on the technology that you need. So I think the first thing you need to understand is, you know, what does your business want from from your call centre? So does it want it to be world-class? Does it want it to be good? You know, I've had a number of conversations with CEOs or whatever to say, you know, what do you want your customers, the service you want them to receive? And a lot will come back and say, world-class. And you say, okay, well, world-class costs. Yeah. And actually, does a customer want world-class? So I think you need to understand in the bigger spectrum what your business wants. And then I think there's some questions you need to ask before you even go to the money piece, which is... You know, what impact, if I got that budget, would it have on the business's growth? And can I show that? So if I, you know, build a business case for it, um, make sure you involve your finance BP or whoever you work with to understand what's the measures of success. And then the other side of that is if we don't spend any more money, what does that mean for the business? And actually show both of those things. And then also there's something about why do you need it? Is it regulatory? Is it to give a better service? Is it for growth? Or is it just a nice to have? Or do you need to update these systems because they're going to crash? Whatever it is. But I think you've got to work through each of those questions and then get support from the organisation to answer them and get their view and perspective before you even go to ask for money. So I think it's important to think about that why. And what you need before you go there,
0: yeah, I think there's uh, lots of great stuff there. I mean uh, you don't fly right there and expect emirate service. I think is the uh, yeah. line that I heard recently, which uh, closely relates to that that area well, and I thought the kind of aligning your goals with the organizations was a particularly key point, but do you think that many contact centers struggling struggle just to kind of communicate with their other departments? Do you think it's becoming more and more important for contact centers to branch out more and kind of improve their ties with other parts of the business?
1: I think you have to. I think that's a real fundamental piece of working as a team and within the organization. You know, you are in many cases the only people that will speak to the customer. Therefore, you have a critical role in the organization and it's getting those relationships together, understanding the why. Why is it critical for me to spend money? What will that give us? And what will that mean for the rest of the organization is really important before you even get to the point where, you know, I'm going to ask for money. Put some thought into the background of why you want it and, you know, actually be really prepared for because there's many times people come back and say no. Because there isn't the money there, or there's a situation which means that you can't have money right now, so you have to be preferred, uh, prepared to do that as well.
0: Sure, I think that's a very key point there. What will it mean for other parts of the organisation is uh, particularly key there. And just kind of moving on now to the next question that I want to ask, and that's all about um, attrition, which is a common issue that many contact centres face, uh, even more more so now with kind of the new generations actively expecting to hop from one job to one job to the next, um, but how do you think their contact centres can now uh, combat this issue?
1: I would look at three major things: how the business attracts you, the person that you've recruited. You know, do they engage them? Do so they understand why their role is important, and do they understand what part they play in the future? Then I think there's something around the manager, uh, your manager. So you spend most of your day in your call centre as an agent. Dealing with your manager and the team around you, that's really critical for you. So understanding, are they being supported? Are they developing them? Are they saying thank you? Are they being positive? All those sorts of things that engage um, with you and the team. And then the final piece is actually as an agent, what does an agent feel? So, you know, is there opportunity for that agent to grow within your organization? And, you know, are they being motivated to do a role? So I think if in attrition, if you imagine it like a triangle, if you thought about how it works as a company, how it works with their manager and how it works for them, then you've got a fighting chance of hopefully supporting and keeping that attrition low.
0: One key point that I've noticed, particularly in contact centres, is kind of creating those relationships between team leaders and advisors. And there's one thing that many contact centres don't do is have advisors working the same shifts as their team leaders. And that's that's a
1: really hard thing to do. You know, having worked in centres for a long time, you know, team-based scheduling can be really challenging from a business perspective. So from a piece of, you know, have I got enough people in at the right time? Sometimes if you're a smaller centre, particularly team-based scheduling is really difficult to achieve. But there are ways around that with having shift patterns that work around the team, not always together, but within a couple of hours. Or there's things like, you know, having your um, team on the early shift altogether or a later shift altogether within a couple of hours will help with some of that. But you're never going to get away from the fact that actually in a smaller centre, team-based scheduling is going to be challenging.
0: I was actually in a contact center a couple of days ago that one of their things that they did to improve their kind of shift patterns and add flexibility was to have the schedules avi- uh, available on the advisors' phones and they can yes. see for themselves whether or not the shift was opt-in or opt-out for shift swaps. And I thought that was a, that was a really uh, good idea. Do you have any more kind of insights as to what uh, contact centers can maybe do to increase uh, uh, flexibility in their schedules?
1: I think there's things like looking at the resource that you're bringing in. So the people that you're hiring, you know, do they all want to work an earlier shift? You know, some mums want to go in early or later later. Um, and and work through that piece. I think the other thing is, is actually being really open and upfront about the shifts that you have and that you can offer and the flexibility. You know, I've seen loads of times the resource planning team are so critical to the success of the centre as a whole. So I think it's really important that those teams explain to their agents why these things are important. You know, why do we have these shifts and, and what they can and can't do From a customer perspective and a business perspective but having that relationship quite often all resource planning is done through your line manager where i've seen it be really successful is where the planning teams and the resourcing teams have also engaged the teams directly
0: i think a key point is being very open and honest with advisors and engaging them that's one way to engage the team with resource planning and telling them about the power of one Obviously, if one, just one person's five minutes late, that can impact the rest of the team. So I think that's, a, that's another very key point there. I kind of I want an, to, just sorry, just on
1: that one, Charlie, I did an, an exercise a very long time ago where I had my team. I was a team leader at the time. I had my team um, come in for their shift. But what we did is when they were coming into their shift, instead of them going onto the floor, what we did is we arranged this day for everybody to come in into a training room. So we said that what we were going to do is we were going to take calls in the training room. But actually what we were, what I was trying to do is to see how people come to work and people who will come, come in late or having that impact, what impact that has when they come in. So they'd come in through the door, put their stuff down and sit at their desk, but they'd be late. But other people had been there 10 minutes earlier and were on time. So having that discussion then with them, because it was part of our team meeting, you know, what does that mean? That that person's just come in late. How does that impact you? How does it impact the customer? And that helps hugely if the people you know, you can explain why it's important. It's not you just saying, please be on time or please make sure your adherence for schedule's right. Give it a physical look and what that means to them.
0: That's a great point. So kind of giving them the understanding so they can self-manage it instead of having to use like a stick to kind of say. No, yes. uh, you need to be. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a great idea, and it kind of actually moves on nicely to my next uh, point, which was creating a great contact center culture is key to eradicating many of uh, many of your problems, like like uh, like attrition and to some of the others that we spoke about already. Is this something that uh, you believe more and more contact centers should spend their time focusing on?
1: I think it's the critical piece. So if you're If your teams are engaged, I mean, Gallup do uh, this real data that supports if your team are engaged, they will work harder, more productive, stay with you longer. All of those things, you know, there's evidence to support that and engagement is critical. So but again, I I come back to there's three ways in which you engage. There's you as your team. Because your relationship with your manager is absolutely key. So how do you make sure you have that relationship? There's you and yourself and how you understand the business. But also there's the piece around how do you engage in the journey that the business is on? You know, how do you share with your team the strategy, what that means they're expected to do and what they can expect from you. So that relationship is very important. And, and my last role, I spent a, one afternoon every month with the whole of our leadership team so to a team leader level and we would spend the afternoon talking about you know what development engagement things about how we were building the budget all of those things that were really important to them and that's a huge commitment taking an afternoon out every month but the difference that made to them understanding how the business worked what it meant Um, how we could engage the teams in that was so important. You know, you've been to lots of call centres, Charlie, where their one-to-ones are cancelled if we get busy. All of those things happen. Once you start down that slope, it's very hard to get out of it because the teams need the break off the phone or they want to have the discussion about their development and their career. You know, if you're too busy for that, then that's a, you know, you're going to lose people. And your culture is not going to be set right.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think that communication, as you uh, said, is uh, so key in setting the right expectations with examples of those kind of meetings. uh, Every month is so good because if people don't understand their purpose, that's kind of a key motivator. Motivating agents is um, a big problem for many uh, contact centers as well. So in your experience, what other sorts of common problems do um, contact center managers often uh, struggle to deal with?
1: I think it's the one that is a theme through every call center you ever go into, which is time. (laughs) I think I think it's life in general. Over the years, I found it really interesting because I think that time is such a critical part of everything that we do. And I think it's really important when you're a manager that you make time. And what I mean by that is that you plan, you organise, you think about what's important, you focus on what you need to do when you need to do it at that point, you don't get distracted, is really critical. And I think the best managers I've ever worked with or worked for are really good at their time management, really good at their organisation, really, which gives them time to engage with their team properly to understand the situation. So I think time is the critical one. The other thing I think that's there is also about just generally people. You know, it's, it can be when you're new to a team leader role or at any point during a manager's role, actually quite challenging to support your team. Sometimes there's mental health challenges that they may have or they might need extra support. You being able to, you know, point them in the right direction you know, it takes time and having that um, level of skill to support people. While for some people it comes really naturally, there's always things you can learn doing that. So I think that's an important part. And the third thing is just having some of that there at your own development. You know, a team leader role is pretty relentless in my, in my view. A- any role in a call centre at that level, there's a fundamental that's right, isn't it? You know, every leader that we have in our organizations are paid to produce results. But the only way that you can deliver results is through people. So, you know, your leadership makes that difference to them and you've got to make the time to do that. So I think there's some fundamentals about time, people and development to make sure you can support your people in the right way.
0: Yeah, I think there's one uh, particular point there that I want to pick up on. And that's in order to kind of create more time. One thing that I've seen a few contact centers doing more and more is just trying to kind of limit the amount of time that they're spending on email and making sure that leaders spend more and more time with their uh, teams. So they're kind of introducing maybe community groups so teams can answer each other's questions and kind of maybe introducing new resource planning measures so that they don't always have to be the, measure, uh, the middleman for shift swaps. Is there any other ways that you'd um, advise contact centres to improve their communication? To advise I think,
1: I think a, a real fundamental for me is I think managers and leaders think they need to know the answers. Therefore, they will spend a lot of time making sure they know the answer. And actually, they don't. Yes, of course, they need to understand situations, but they don't have to have the answer. So if you can get your communication to help them find the answer, so having a really good intranet or, you know, something that can help them you know, physically type in, this is the question I have and find the answer, you know, those sorts of things will really give you the time. I've run team, lead, team meetings where we said, right, this is what's the questions we've asked this week okay, let's everybody share their answers. Are we all singing from the same hymn sheet? Do we know the answer? And you learn that way. I think there's lots of different ways to do, but I think it's critical that managers don't think they have all the answers because you never do.
0: It can be so difficult to offer advisors progression opportunities. And that's such a big problem that people are faced with because contact centers traditionally have that pyramidal structure of advisors, leaders, and managers what would you um advise for helping teams to make a plan for their advisors development do you think this is something that they aren't doing often enough
1: i think it depends on the individual isn't it it's a very individual thing some people i've had teams where they come to work they just want to do a good job and go home they're not actually that interested in developing and that's not because they don't want to they just don't you know they're not interested in it and it's not for them Whereas you'll have other people in your team that desperately want to develop. You can see they've got the appetite for it. You can see that they really want to learn. So it comes back to a real basic, which is understanding and knowing your team. What do they need on an individual basis, not just on a team? Who in your team need development? Who in the team do you want to keep to make sure they have development? What opportunities, what areas do they want to go in? Not everybody wants to go up through the levels. Some people might actually want to go to a different department. They might want to work in planning, might want to work in training. They might want to do work in the complaints team. There's all different ways that you can do a piece. The best leaders I've ever worked with have, rather than a straight up the levels, they've sort of broadened their skill. So I think the fundamental of, of development is how broad is your skill? Before you actually, you know, move up the levels, have you got that breadth and depth of knowledge to deliver and achieve what you want to do?
0: Yeah, sure. And I think one point that I actually picked up on a recent uh, side visit to so I know um, used to work very closely with domestic and general. And one thing that they did here was to kind of remind everyone that they can move sideways. It doesn't just have to be up and down, but they can move into different teams as well. They would make an effort to kind of help people do that and discuss to keep their well-being. And again, that would help, I imagine, to improve attrition, as we've talked about so much. But the final kind of problem that I've been thinking of actually links to a point that you made almost at the start of this podcast, was that often a problem for contact centers can be conflicting business priorities across the organisation. Sorry, this is moving very quickly from one subject to another. (laughs) Do you think uh, this is a problem that contact centres face? They don't really know which is the key thing to focus on?
1: I think you will have a situation where you get that. But I think there's a two-way conversation that just needs to be had, which is, what is it? What's the role the call centre plays within your organisation? Is it the heart and the centre of what you do or actually is it something that is just transactional and just needs to be well run? I think it's that discussion you've got to be prepared to have first. Why is it important? You know, it can be in many cases the only link you have to your customers. Therefore, it's really important that people understand what your call centre is there to do. I think once you've got there will be different priorities An organisation always will have different priorities it's you understanding where you fit in with those priorities and which you can be successful at because you might not be able to get all the money you want or all the information you want but what you certainly can is build within your centre the service that you want the organisation wants you to deliver because it's actually only done through people.
0: I think that's a nice notion as well. We spoke a lot about people uh, today and I think that's a very nice uh, kind of point to end on. But just for all our listeners, Joe, is there anywhere on kind of social media and stuff that they can follow you to find out even more of your role within the industry and keep up to date with all your latest information?
1: So I'm on LinkedIn and usually I post mostly there. So I'm generally on LinkedIn, also on Twitter at joe.hale. But um, LinkedIn is probably the best place.
0: That's all for this episode. Thank you to Joe Hale for joining us today. But before we go, Joe and I discussed some research into handling times and common barriers to delivering great customer service. This research came from Call Center Helper's survey report, what contact centers are doing right now, 2019 edition. If you wanna give this research a read, you can find the link in the description below. Enjoy.
2: This episode of the contact center podcast is sponsored by Genesis. Genesis is the global leader in omni channel customer experience and contact center solutions. More than 11,000 companies in over 100 countries trust the Genesis customer experience platform to help them connect effortlessly with consumers across any channel, voice, text, web chat, and social. If you would like to see a demonstration of the Genesis Pure Cloud contact center platform, visit callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo.
0: Next week on the Contact Center podcast, we'll be looking at the topic of WFM tricks that will get you through those busy periods with John Casey, a resource planning expert at CC Planning. The Contact Center podcast is produced by Call Center Helper, the leading contact center magazine. You can subscribe to our podcasts or give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also access our entire range of podcasts through the Call Center Helper website by visiting callcenterhelper forward slash podcasts. Thanks again for listening to the entirety of our podcast. Your support means a lot to us as we want to keep the success of this podcast going. And to stay successful, we're always looking to improve. So we have created a simple five-question survey. This survey will help us to better tailor our content to you, our loyal listeners. Also, by filling in the survey, you might just win a bottle of champagne or a box of chocolates. All you have to do is click on the link in the description box below. Thanks again for listening, and as ever, stay tuned.